So it all the roots of the sands podcast with your girl and with an e. If you are new here, welcome. It's always such a pleasure to have new listeners to the show. If you're returning, thank you so much. We are back once again. A reminder that you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever else you listen to your podcast and remember to click the subscribe button so that you are notified when a new podcast comes on. This includes on YouTube and remember that you can follow this podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at the root of the sidepod or on Facebook and LinkedIn as well as YouTube at the root of the sounds podcast. As women, it is important for us to embrace and take pride in our breasts. However, there are instances where can become a source of immense pain and shame. Today, we're speaking with Ruth McKenna Mora, an advocate of the High Court of Kenya and the founder of the Jagomanstia Foundation. Jagomanstia is a rare medical condition characterized by excessive breast growth, which can cause physical discomfort, emotional distress, and significant challenges in your daily life. Ruth's personal experience with this condition led her to establish the Jagomanstia Foundation, a platform aimed at raising awareness, providing support, and advocating for individuals affected by this condition. In this discussion, she will share her extraordinary and really inspiring journey of healing from this condition, as well as shed light on how she actively works towards helping others find healing. Tune in to all of this and of course, so much more. Let's go. Good morning, Ruth. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be your host today. A pleasure. Before we get things started, we've introduced you that you are an advocate at the High Court in Kenya and also the founder of this foundation. So I think to just set the scene straight, I'd really like to know why an advocate of the Court of Kenya would establish a gigastomia, did I pronounce it correctly, a foundation? Gigantomastia Foundation. Yes. So how, how did that come about? Well, I was diagnosed with gigantomastia 12 years ago at the tender age of 25 years. So I never knew I had gigantomastia up until I met an orthopedic surgeon and I had recurrent shoulder dislocations. So when my orthopedic surgeon was fixing my shoulder on the table is when he realized that I have excessive breast tissue, excessive breast growth tissue so that is when he referred me to a plastic surgeon here in kenya and yeah when mm. i went and saw the plastic surgeon he clearly diagnosed me with gigantomastia so i went ahead 12 years ago and i had a reconstructive surgery which is a breast reduction surgery a reduction mammoplasty so i went on with my life mm. as usual and had i not known that i had gigantomastia i didn't know up until when my shoulder fixed that is when i sat back and asked myself a very fundamental question i had an aha moment like how many more women are suffering mm. from gigantomastia and don't know what to do and they don't know that they're suffering with gigantomastia and that is when i partnered with one of the surgeons who worked on my breast reduction and i told him i think we should take this awareness of gigantomastia and not higher 
that is when I established the Gigantomastia Foundation. Amazing, amazing. You've spoken that you didn't know until you know you went to your orthopedic surgeon. So help us understand then how does this condition actually affect a person's normal day-to-day life? And you know, how did it get to that part where you were like, okay, I need to go and see an orthopedic surgeon? Previously, uh, as I earlier said, um, I used to uh, my shoulder used to dislocate a lot. So I had my first surgery done on my shoulder in the year 2002. Then in 2012, 2012, my shoulder dislocated again. And I, did, I could really not pinpoint what is the cause of my shoulder dislocating. So when I went to see the orthopedic and when he was performing my mm-hmm. surgery on my shoulder, is when I think he realized on the table that what is pulling my shoulder is the breast weight, that I had very big breasts. So ideally, gigantomastia really limited me into doing very many things. Like mm. I would have, my, my most fundamental symptom here was my dislocating shoulder. Secondly, back pains. My, I had very bad back pains, shoulder pains, neck pains, and not to mention getting breast bra, bra, bras that could fit my bar size was quite an issue. So I don't know if I've answered your question holistically, but it is the breastweight that limited me to do activities like a 25-year-old girl would. Like even dressing up like my peers was very hard. Mm-hmm. Even getting clothes sides that could fit me was very hard. So I could be identified in a tier mm-hmm. of even a 40-year-old woman. You understand? So it also, I could say like for me, probably because I have a bubbly personality, yeah. I have a strong yeah. personality, I, could, I did not let it take me down personality-wise, or deem my self-esteem. But from the 10 years I've been doing this gigantomastia, I have seen that it has robbed of so many women of their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Leave alone 13-year-old girls who have also come on board mm-hmm. and have had this surgery to the tunes of 10 kilograms being exercised from their chests. Wow. That's something that, you know, one doesn't fully understand unless you've experienced this. And I think many women... Um, they don't even under- know probably that this is a symptom. This is there's a name for this symptom that they have because they, I think there's just an assumption that oh no, you just have big breasts, you know. So it's really amazing that you are putting on this awareness, and you can really hear how it really affected your day to day life. So let's talk about how you got started. You said that you got together with the surgeon who helped you. So what were some of the challenges, if any, in starting this foundation in the early stages? I would say that the challenges that I went through first is the mere fact that um, my insurance company declined to pay for the surgery, terming it as cosmetic surgery. So I'm sure in South Africa, you call it medical aid. So that was my first challenge. But uh, I would say, thank God that my parents were able to come up with the amount that was needed and I had my surgery done. Secondly, um, the challenge, one of the major challenges that I also had is to say and to try and streamline the stereotypes that come with gigantomastia. You because there are some people who don't understand. Why would you tell me I'm sick because I have big breasts? You know, there's a lot, there was a lot of rejection that came with 
but it came with time though, with the awareness with me making so much noise about it so many people have warmed up to the idea that gigantomastia actually it is an issue there's nothing normal as to having very big breasts that are actually deliberating your health like you're having back aches neck pains shoulder pains and even others have got it to a point where they would think they were bewitched so that is one of the stereotypes that the rejection that probably I got especially from the people who are not very learned how, how would I how would I want to phrase it like the people who are in from very humble backgrounds who don't understand why as to why mm. somebody would go into surgery to have their breasts reduced you understand and linking like a, a condition a medical condition with witchcraft you understand also there's the part of funding it you funding the organization like getting funds because this surgery does not come cheap that was also one of the major challenges but with time as a step at a time i got to make a lot of noise i got to bring so many people on board i got to involve so many county governments in the country to be able even to give us operating spaces in the public hospitals and we took and track it became it took another it took another step the traction i wanted it started getting mm -hmm. the attention that i was really looking out to get no amazing so yes you can i i think touching on that stereotype uh, touching on the cultural aspects of like you know women are being bewitched so how did you you said that the medical aid was an issue and to get the funding so how were the funds raised was it after you making the noise about the about what you want to do um eventually your medical aid accepted or how did that happen my medical aid did not did not accept to pay my for my surgery as i said earlier my parents had to pay off pocket so it's it's it is mm. a push and shove that i'm also trying to have with the medical aids in my country to try and really understand that a woman getting a breast reduction has nothing to do yeah. with cosmetic it is indeed a medical condition that needs to be given the attention that it deserves mm. so how far how far are you now given that you've got your own foundation where are things you know as as it stands when you are advocating for the women in your foundation to get this type of surgery or rather the people so actually it's been you know it's been 10 years of me doing this mm -hmm. and every day we have cases whereby we have well wishers who come in and even pay for patients the patients who even can can get a certain amount of money to have the surgery done if not full wow. so we try and accommodate these patients to come in and have the surgery done and then as i said earlier even the minors from ages 13 to even 15 they do suffer from gigantomastia mm -hmm. so at this juncture i make i take it upon myself to even go to the county governments and ask them to assist this young girl live alone from having the surgery done and even extending a helping hand to these girls going to school because you can imagine a 13 year old has dropped out of school because of this very big breast wow sure no so the stigma the, the stigmatization that this girl has gone through mm. so we also try to make sure that after surgery where are we leaving the girl child yeah. at are we just having surgery and letting the girl just go back into the village no we want to follow up like if this girl has finished school we ensure that they go to secondary and also try and incorporate them to go into university so 
the Gigantomastia Foundation does not only solely lean on the surgery, but also an empowering the culture to continue living a normal life like they should mm. so it's like a holistic approach from the beginning and all the way through yes you have hit the nail on the head it is a holistic approach and also i think that let's not entirely look at gigantomastia from an aspect of the women also men suffer mm. from gynecomastia men suffer from okay. male breasts so you can imagine if a woman is feeling this way, how does a man who is developing yeah. breast feel? So we also have a tier of men who we handle, who we come in and we have the surgeries done. Um, wow, that that's true. I was going to ask if if there was if this was only a woman condition, but you're absolutely right that um, the amount of stigma and shame that the men who have this condition might also have and i think that's where it also goes into take it as a holistic approach that even after the surgery um what happens to them so since you said that do you work with other practitioners you are a lawyer right um and then you have the medical people um yes. so in your yeah. foundation is it in, does it involve various different types of professions to achieve this holistic approach in my foundation, I would say I only partnered with a plastic surgeon because plastic surgeons are the surgeons who mm -hmm. are best known to do these breast reductions and reconstruct the breast to achieve the best results. So I have partnered with a plastic surgeon who we come and we do the surgeries for the patients. And after that, we, we try and also walk the journey with the patients who have come in to have the surgery done. From, from the inception of the surgery, to the four weeks that they undergo the aftercare before you're given a clean bill of health. So ideally, Gigantomastia, I, as Ruth McKenna, have partnered with a plastic surgeon. And you said you've been doing this for 10 years. So to date, how many women and men have you helped so far? For 10 years, I can, it is safe to say that I have helped close to 350 patients. Wow. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. So... Are there any pressing challenges that the foundation um, is maybe experiencing? Uh, I, I would go back to I'd go back to the issue of and mm. this, this is something we are looking at every other day. And how does somebody, if they like you said that some people do um, assist with funding some of the patients, um, how can how can individuals partner with the organization to support? Uh, the foundation we mainly have slots from our we have we we, we have on facebook instagram and and on on twitter so you can just come in and drop us an email then we can take it up from there so that you know there are very you cannot limit somebody as to how they want to partner you could have a conversation with, with somebody on a one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one, and they, we can be able to describe to them like we have cases where we probably could have a patient who is in dire need and you can come somebody mm -hmm. can, we can we can go out and say that this is patient who is in need and if you like Anne, is you would want to come all out to assist this patient we can engage you on a one-on-one -on -one and see how you can assist the patient and up to what level well, you understand mm. no this is fantastic work we will definitely put up your um the information for people who would love to partner up with you so this is specifically based in kenya correct 
Yes, this is this is specifically based in Kenya, but over the two the, the past two years, I've also been having patients coming in internationally mm-hmm. from the UK, from our neighboring countries, Tanzania, Uganda, Malawi. We are having, and and needless to say that I'm you're from South Africa. Mm. I'm getting an influx of so many women in your country looking out to have this surgery done. Mm. So my client call to you is like, if we could also partner from the Kenya to the South African team, if we could even have a day whereby we could partner and have this surgery done for most of these ladies in your country to be assisted. Because I can say I have so many, like as recent as today in the morning, I had three ladies from are you in South Africa? I'm from South Africa. Mm-hmm. It is my clarion call that if you could also incorporate that this gigantomastia, you could make so much noise about it, even in your region, for people to know that there's help at a certain place that they could go and get the surgery done. Mm. No, for sure. Yes. For sure. And I think more awareness is, is needed because, like I said, um, I did not even understand until after we read up about you about this condition so um with that being said what is the vision that you have for the foundation i know you've already started taking international clients etc but where do you see this going but because you've already stated that there are people here in south africa who are willing and looking for a place to get help um, but if you had all the capacity, no limitations, where do you see this foundation going? Um, God willing, I see me building my own hospital and a very prestigious, oh, wow. state-of-the-art hospital. I dream, you know, the, the, this writer who once said, dream big until your dreams shake you. So mm. I think my dream is just about to shake me. I want to build a very big hospital whereby we can accommodate gigantomastia patients and have the surgeries done day in, day out. That is such a wonderful dream. And like you said, God willing, um, you know, from your lips to God's ears, I'm sure it will happen. And honestly, you're doing such amazing work, Ruth. And I love how you did not stay in your box because you could have just been a lawyer and going on but clearly something was put into you and your trial really became a platform for you to help so many so many people and i am so excited to see what more um you are gonna do because i believe that you know all of these things like you said the dream is very much attainable yes the dream is very much attainable and as they say the sky is not the limit when there are footprints on the moon so I'm being very, I'm being very optimistic, and I want to be very steadfast in in continuing to blow up this noise. It's continuing to spread the word of gigantomastia, and I'm very grateful that and thankful that the word has spread ideally out of Kenya into East Africa. Very grateful that and thankful that the word has spread ideally out of Kenya into East Africa. 